Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. In the last episode that we talked about, the uh, we talked about this Rainbow Fish book. I believe you called it your least favorite book of all Worst time. Worst book I'm ever written. That right? Just Worst book pure ever. trash. Wow, <laughs> that is a high bar. Okay. Uh, Ayn Rand would probably agree with you with the <laughs> that book. Uh, she she talked about the virtuous selfishness yes. in a way, which is very opposite of, of what that book was about. Um, and so, th- you know, that's that's interesting. Uh, I remember you mentioned there was we talked about the sequel that was based off of Neil Bortz. What did he say about this? Book? Yeah. So he said it was he, to copy me. He didn't take it from me. I took it from him. But one of the biggest pieces of trash children's books ever published. Yikes. And I, I, you know, I was like, that's harsh. But I love that because the book basically teaches very young children that if they don't share they're bad members of society. No one will like them. And I don't want to recap too much. I'll have you go back and listen because we did an entire episode on that. Instead, I want to talk about what happens when kids are raised with this kind of message. You know, one that unfortunately, you, like you guys are bombarded with all the time, I think, as young people. So all throughout your educations, unless, you know, you're homeschooled or, or you're doing something special, but a lot of schools, even private schools, have this dangerous message. I think so, too. And and I'll be honest, some homeschool, I would say, depending on the parents, depending yeah. on the curriculum, because a lot of homeschoolers will just use similar curriculum or books that, you know, the schools use and so forth. So it's a broad problem. And I think there's I think there's two things that can happen when kids hear this message. I think a lot of kids will naturally be angry if they are forced to share, if they're required to give something up that they worked hard for, spent their money on. Maybe it was a birthday gift. Brittany, you talked about what happens when you try to take uh, a little rattle from a baby, you know, that they'll hold on to it with that superhero baby grip <laughs> and not let go. They want, you know, what is theirs. And so I think the second thing that can happen is that children will start to think that sharing makes them morally superior. And anyone who doesn't share then is, you know, a bad person. And this, I think, follows them. This idea follows them into adulthood. We see it right now with you know, the Bernie Sanders of the world and AOC and all these people who look to people like Elon Musk, the one of, if not the wealthiest person in the world, and they attack him by saying, oh, you ought to pay your fair share. Well, what is a fair share, right? What does that actually mean? Well, it's born of this idea these people have of you have too much, I have less than you, and so you need to be compelled to share with me or share with other people who have less. And so it's born of this idea, right, that sharing, even forced sharing, is a moral good. It's a good thing to do. And therefore, they think that the government has the right and sometimes even the moral obligation to step in and force Elon Musk or me or you or whoever to surrender, to share, quote unquote, what we have with other people. Yeah, no, you know what's funny about this, and we didn't actually talk about this uh, in the last episode with Rainbow Fish, but I just kind of, you know, touched on it right here, is it's envy. When you look at the people who are doing this, you know, we talk about not sharing being a bad thing, but what about envy? These people that want what you have, that's what envy is, so badly that mm-hmm. they become very bitter and angry about it. And you think like, which one's worse to me <laughs> that, that you know, that envy is just so bad. So yeah, that just kind of popped into my head. But I've noticed when it comes to sharing, it's not even just physical things. It's not just money. It's not just toys. We see it with what you know you could call innovation or inventions. And that's kind of what the whole book Atlas Shrugged is about, right? 
And I, I didn't finish it because it's real long, but um, I got to the points that matter. So you have this guy, he invents this incredible steel, like the strongest steel. And I believe it was like cheaper to make, like just this amazing steel. Or, and this government is like, oh, or the government's like, you need to give us the patent to that. You need to basically hand over the rights to that because it's for the greater good. And we've talked about that term a lot on this on this show in past episodes, that people need it more than you do. Like it's good to our society. So, so you need to give it to us. And then you have this little community of inventors who all have left this, this world because the government keeps trying to take their inventions to basically say, we're owed these. It's for the greater good, blah, blah, blah. So they start their own little what's called Galt Gulch. And they start their own little community where all their stuff can be respected without them having to fear that the government's going to come take them. Because there is one scene in the book where this guy that invents the steel is like forced to sign over like a document basically saying the government now owns this thing. And it was it's just really sad that there's you know people in society that they believe they're entitled to, which means they think that they rightfully deserve what other people have produced. What did, did Ayn Rand call these the moochers? Wasn't that her term yeah, for them, I believe? Yep, yeah, the moochers, yep. which I like because it kind of gives you that image of like like a bad person just like trying to grab all the stuff you have. So I've always kind of liked the visuals that puts in my head. But where does this all begin? And I think it begins in schools. And that is why, and I talked about this a little bit before, when I was a teacher, I didn't make my kids share. I didn't tell them they weren't allowed to, but there was no rule that basically said, you have to share, I'm going to publicly, you know, shame you in front of the whole class for not sharing. So Connor, this reminds me of an ism. What ism does this this remind you of? Well, we've talked a lot about isms in in past episodes. Uh, We've done many episodes on different isms. And the thing I think our listeners will remember is a lot of the isms are kind of interrelated. It's not like they are totally exclusive of one another. If you're a socialist, you're also kind of a totalitarian and you're also <laughs> a collectivist and you're kind of a communist. And... Kind of a fascist too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. So these isms all have their own flavors. If you guys want to know more, you can go back and, and find those episodes. We've done a lot of so many isms and conversation on different isms. But the one that this mostly and directly pertains to is really socialism. It's it's everywhere in society. You don't have to have like a socialist state, right? Like Venezuela or Cuba under, you know, Castro or any of these things. You don't have to have this outright socialist government. You can have socialist policies and laws even in the so-called land of the free in America, right? So socialist ideas, socialist policies are everywhere. You often see voters out of this greed that you talk about who want to use the power of government to force other people more successful than them to surrender and forcibly share what they have with others. And so this is in America, it's in your city, it's all over the place. This is not just for like horrible communist dictatorships in past decades. This is all over America today. I mean, we see it. People want free health care. They want free rent. They want, you know, free college. We need to, you know, make tuition free and uh, and and get rid of college debt and all these ideas that people have where it's all, quote unquote, free. Even during COVID, right? All these shots and the um, and then the boosters and then the at home testing kits yeah. and the government is always like, it's free. It's free. I'm like, no, it's not. Nothing is free. <laughs> it's just a question of who's paying for it and how. And, and we're inflating the dollar like crazy. People are losing their jobs, losing their homes because they can't afford things because of inflation. 
and we're making them pay for it. So what would you rather have an at home test for free for COVID or your home, right? For some people, <laughs> it, it kind of comes down to these situations where, you know, to them, it's not free. It's, it's really not free. We're still paying for it. And, and yet, these ideas persist that people claim that they want this or that for free, the healthcare, the, you know, free rent, uh, free college tuition. You and Emma, I know, Brittany did an episode on the principle of, uh, the idea that there's no such thing as a free lunch. Yep. And I think that idea applies here. It comes from somewhere. Someone has to pay for it. And as I said, it's ultimately us, or sometimes it's our children and grandchildren. We kind of kick the can down the road by, you know, when you inflate the money, you're kind of and, and take debt when when the, when the government just prints up new money and borrows money. Right. It's just going to make things that much worse for our children if and when kind of the economy collapses and there's a bunch of problems, as there have been in every country that does this. America can't do this forever. And so it happens through these laws that force us to share. It all boils down to this greed, this idea that we should be using the government not to secure our rights which is what the Declaration of Independence talks about as being the you know, valid purpose for government. But instead, when government is used as a weapon, Frederick Bastiat, who's one of our, our, uh, our homeboys, right? Bastiat. <laughs> we love him. He's, we love him. We quote him often. And for the older kids and certainly the parents, you know, pick up a book, pick up multiple books. Everything Bastiat has written is amazing. And he has this great quote where he says that government is the great fiction through which everyone tries to live at the expense of everyone else. I'm going to say that again. Government is the, this great fiction through which everyone tries to live at the expense of everyone else. In other words, so many people are, are, are you know, we've moved away from this rugged individualism and independence and self-reliance where people are, you know, hardworking and providing for their own families and you know, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and whatever. And now we're in this environment where everyone has discovered that through the government, they can get all these welfare benefits and stimulus programs and child care tax credits and PPP loans and all these different programs the government has done where they're just providing people money. And so they're trying to live at the expense of other people. They're, they're trying to benefit themselves and get money at the expense of someone else, meaning someone else has to pay for it. I want to benefit. I want free money, free rent, free tuition, free healthcare, free whatever. And I want other people to pay for it for me. I shouldn't have to pay for it. I can't pay for it. I'm too weak. I'm too lazy. I'm too sick. I'm too old. I shouldn't have to. Or I shouldn't have to. Yeah. It should be free or this is reparations for what happened, you know, 200 years ago or whatever. (laughs) There's all these ideas and it all boils down to what Bastiat is saying. People have a desire to live at the expense of other people rather than doing their own hard work. I think that's exactly right. And I do want to hit on one thing because I don't I don't want the kids takeaway from this to be like, see, I never want to share. Sharing is terrible because I want to take a minute then to talk about, you know, voluntary charity, which you and I have talked about a bunch on here, that it's great if you choose to do that. If you even want to give some of your, you know, allowance and, and give it to someone in need, that's absolutely great. But the difference here is force. And I think that's the difference and a lot of things we talk about, right, that if you want to do something on your own, that's great, but nobody should make you do it. One guest we had on here, we had my friend Max Borders, and he has a whole book with different things he talks about, about different communities that have come together and given up something they need to help somebody in the community, but they did that without government, right? They came together as people. He talked about his grandfather was a dentist in a small town in North Carolina, 
And every time, you know, he worked on everybody's teeth. But sometimes the the poor people in the community, they just wouldn't get a bill. He just never sent a bill. And there, they never expected not to pay, right? They came in there knowing that they were going to exchange, you know, money for the services. But he chose to give away that labor, that time, as we talked about, for free. And and I these are the stories that that are touching to me because anybody can give away money at the point of a gun, right? right. Anybody will give money away if you're told you're going to go to jail if you don't. But the people who come together and actually give to charities or pull together as a community, like that to me, that's when I just get really excited about humanity and everything we're doing. Not, not you know, because I pay taxes, so I'm not going to give to any other charity. That That's what I don't like. And and Brittany, if you fall on hard times and we put together a GoFundMe for you or oh, that's a great example, gift yeah. to you or whatever, that money is going to you. And you're going to use it where it's best needed to help you get back on your feet right? And do what's needed. If I'm forced to to help you because the IRS comes in or the department of whatever, and they come and they take my money, but they have to pay for their salary and their 43 other people and their building and their whatever, and all these middlemen come in. And by the time any money gets to you, it's hardly any money. And another thing that I think is really important that we don't often talk about when we're talking about charity is that one of the biggest blessings and, and benefits that come from charity is, is when you are the giver and you're directly connected to the receiver. Brittany, if I help mm-hmm. you or if I organize some of our friends to help you in a time of need, you feel very grateful directly to the people who helped you. You also feel accountable, right? So like, let's say, you know, you say, I really need like $2,000 for, you know, rent this month or this surgery or whatever. And if you go to Vegas and blow that money and and don't actually spend it, right, you know that your friends know and, and they're going to hold you accountable. So it leads you to be a better steward, a, a better person using that money rather than wasting it, you know, on other things. But if if you get the money from some government program and you don't see the taxpayers who are forced to, to share with you and you have no idea who they are and they're never going to know you right? Not only do they not get the benefit of like helping you if you're truly in need, but you're also not accountable. And so you have kind of an incentive or an opportunity to maybe claim to the government, oh, I really need this when in fact you don't. And then you can go spend it on other stuff or, oh, I need food stamps and I'm going to use it to buy, you know, all this other stuff instead. And, and so it creates waste. It creates fraud where people are lying it deprives us of, of mutually helping one another. Like you said, with voluntary charity, we, we have in our first book, The Tuttle Twins Learn About the Law, the, uh, the twins you know, go and voluntarily share with Mrs. Lopez across the street, and then she shares back and creates a great relationship and a bond between neighbors. That is voluntary charity. It's amazing. What we have through the state, through the government, these forced charitable relationships is bad. It, it's bad in so many respects. And it's all born, again, out of this greed that people have and this idea that they want to live at the expense of others. So that's an idea we need to resist. We need to resist in our own lives. We need to push back when other people say it because it becomes the foundation of so much bad government and heavy taxes and so many problems that we see today. Guys, great uh, having you listening, subscribing. Please share the podcast with another family that could benefit from it. We love having you guys here and being able to have these conversations. Brittany, thank you as always. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.